Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Can Monaghan beat Dublin on Saturday? That Monaghan team versus that Dublin team and the context around those two teams on Saturday. And that's what I'm just trying to focus on. And, and other people, for some reason, don't want to get into that. They don't want to get into the sort of hard facts that actually does support a case that, that Monaghan can go up there with, with, with confidence. It's not just blind hope. It's All-Ireland Football semi-final week and although on paper the two matches may look relatively straightforward to predict, not everyone is so sure. Welcome to the Throwing Football Podcast. Will Slattery here and I'm delighted to be joined by Dick Clerken and Frank Roach for our chat today. And a reminder that Breaking Ball with Philly McMahon, our new GA video show, will be available every Saturday for the rest of the championship on independent.ie and the Indo YouTube channel. But for now, we will look towards the weekend. And on Saturday, Dublin will take on Monaghan at Croke Park, while on Sunday, defending champions Kerry face off against Derry. And we might look at Saturday's game first, Dick. And I know earlier this week, you were passionately making your case for a potential Monaghan upset in your Irish independent column. The odds do seem to be stacked against them. Give us your argument. Why do you think Monaghan are still in with a chance? I'd like to think I'm not just been blindly passionate. I suppose it's, I'm, I'm looking for a bit of just basic objectivity on the game. You know, there's far too much commentary around the, the superfluous issues around modern football and the and the the, the patronising about the you know the punching above their weight and that detracts from actually just analyze the game. Can Monaghan beat Dublin on Saturday? That Monaghan team versus that Dublin team and the context around those two teams on Saturday. And that's what I'm just trying to focus on. And, and other people, for some reason, don't want to get into that. They don't want to get into the sort of hard facts that actually does support a case that, that Monaghan can go up there with, with, with confidence. It's not just blind hope. And, you know, pulling a few stats, like I, I'd ask the question, like if any other team in any other game, two teams going in, one team had won three and drawn one of the last four encounters would be written off the way Monaghan have against Dublin. I don't think they would, but that's the reality. And that's not just, you know, Mickey Mouse games. Yeah, albeit it was league, but but that's the reality. And that that's not insignificant. So a lot of these Monaghan players have faced these Dublin players not once, not twice, not three times, but four times over the last six years. Going back any further, you're into largely a, a, lot, a more different panel and an, an age profile. But the recent history shows that Monaghan have every right to face up side by side against these Dublin players with confidence because more often than not, they've beaten them and faced them down. In some cases, quite significant games, no more so than the relegation playoff 
um, including a couple of years ago. And some of these Monaghan forwards that have made the case for have actually had their, some of their best days in a Monaghan jersey against Dublin and sometimes in Cook Park. And, and there's a reason for that. It's not just luck. As I said, but Dublin do afford forwards who are willing to have a cut at them and teams who are willing to have a bit more space than other teams might do. And Monaghan forwards have shown that they enjoy that and can relish that. Now, that's not to say that's going to happen. But there's enough there to say that, well, if the cards fall kindly for Monaghan and Dublin, just don't hit the heights that they have arguably just in the in this last second half against Mayo, because otherwise their form over the last couple of years has been anything but consistent and predictable. The odds tighten significantly. And I suppose that's what Monaghan people are going down with, that hope that that can happen. As I say, I'm around long enough and people are around long enough. Stranger things in sport have happened than that type of circumstances on, on, on Saturday. Frank, what, what's your view on it? Like, as Dick mentioned there, like Dublin's form line over the last few years under Desi Farrell has been patchy. I know they got to the semi-final about years and lost narrowly, but the build-up hasn't always been particularly smooth. But that second half against Mayo, do you expect to see that level of performance going forward? Is that Dublin back now? Or is that just them hitting their straps for 35 minutes? Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm still not entirely convinced that we can judge everything on Dublin based on that 35 minutes because there were mitigating factors around Mayo, the form line of several what have been key Mayo players uh, in the latter half of this championship and potential fatigue, lots of other issues. Now, if Dublin are able to sustain that level of performance, not even for half, like if they can play like that for 50 minutes uh, this weekend, don't think Monaghan are going to be able to stay with them long enough. But my big question mark over Dublin all this season was be, has been, what would their reaction be if they were brought into a dark place? And by that, I mean probably the last quarter of a championship match where things aren't going their way and they're level or maybe they're a point down. And if Monaghan can bring them into that position uh, this weekend on Saturday, it will be really interesting to see Dublin's response. I would still expect them to come true based on uh, the the form graph of several of their you know their team leaders definitely picked up the last day against Mayo. You could see it the the impact the influence of with James McCarthy especially um, Brian Fenton in that second half. Um, even Kieran Kilkenny having got a bit of a jolt by not starting a, a, a knockout championship match. You know, his attitude and form uh, when he came on late on in that game. But there's, there has to be a level of a question mark. I mean, I was at a number of those league matches that Dick alludes to. I wasn't at the the famous, the what became the relegation shootout last year. But um, uh, I saw Monaghan beat Dublin in the league in 2018. Um, albeit it was a bit of a dub- dead rubber. Dublin were already in the league final. But, you know, they stuck with them in a game that it looked like they were going to lose for a long time. And, and Jack McCarron scored a wonder goal late on and they ended up winning the game. Uh, and I saw them win in 2019 in Clonus and they probably should have beaten Dublin in Clonus in 2017 as well. So several of the Monaghan players have produced exceptional form in the past against Dublin, no one more so than Jack McCarron. So it'll be really interesting to see whether they can do that in a knockout championship game. Monaghan weren't able to do it in 2014, 2017. That was a that was a different different era, different Dublin team really than what we have now. But it would be great to see a match that you know is a contest for the most part because 
we went into the quarterfinal weekend. I especially was looking forward to a couple of real humdingers. And for the most part, we were kind of let down. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm not convinced it will happen, but I'm hopeful that we'll have a really good game on Saturday. Yeah, and Dick, like if we are to get that contest that, that Frank is hoping for, you know, how do you see the game playing out? Like, what sort of scoreline do you envisage it being if Monaghan do produce a famous victory? It's unlikely you would have thought to be two nineteen to two eighteen. Like, what, what what kind of game do you see happening if Monaghan do get either winning a, a big match or even making it a really good contest? Yeah, well, I think I think. It's just the way the modern game has gone, even with a more defensive, conservative approaches, the score lines are still generally up in the, the mid teens, even in poor games, they can they can end up like a, and I don't think this game's going to be any different. I think it's going to take sixteen to twenty points to win it, if not more. And it's, it's certainly not going to be like the, the RMI games. It's not going to be sort of very low, low single digits for a lot of it. I think it will be for someone who are going to have to score and they're going to have to have players on the pitch and an approach that we can keep the scoreboard ticking. Um, Dublin will do that. You know, even even Monaghan aren't going to be, you know, it's not going to be like Donegal 2012 type. It's not going to be that. You know, Monaghan have forwards there that they need to get into the game, need to get on the ball. They have players with pace. You know, they have to play to their strengths and they are strengths. They have to play it if they want to go out and win. And I, I don't expect Monaghan to change their approach a lot. They will keep it, you know, very structured, very tight when they don't have the ball and try to break on the on, on the counter and, and have their line breakers like Darren Hughes, Carl O'Connell, Conor McCarthy and try to get a spread of scores, which they do have a good spread of scores. Like they can get scores from all over the pitch, including Rory Began. Like for Monaghan to win and compete, somebody like Rory Began has to have one of those games, which we have seen that he can kick two or three points that nobody else can kick. Like I, I don't know if you remember one of those games we referenced that Monaghan beat Dublin in Crow Park, I think it was two, two. Rory kicked a free from like I think it was at least seventy yards. I don't know if you remember it. It was phenomenal. It was an, and 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 that's one of the things that has has sort of won Monaghan games over the years. That Rory Began hits these free kicks that that just other teams don't have in their locker. So they're the sort of things. These two and three points that tag on to the Monaghan score line that they need to have. So Rory has to be on, but he will get those opportunities. He needs to hit all of those, you know, and they need to get Jack. Can't have can't be locked out. Jack can't be shut out. He can't have maybe some of the games he's had this year. He has to have a game like he had against Clare um, or against Dublin. And and Connor has to come on and deliver. So all these things do have to fall in place. I'm not saying that that Monaghan have a chance if they if they have a below par performance. They need all the big players playing well. That's if they do, then have a chance because I do expect a performance from Dublin. I do expect them to to give a minimum seven or eight out of ten performance. So Monaghan have to hit a nine out of ten to compete. And if they do, I do Dublin, see a, a comp- Dublin seven out of ten not too good for Monaghan. No, nine no, out of 10. not that Dublin seven out of ten. Not that Dublin seven to ten. Five years ago, that Dublin seven, that that player. I, I'm. I don't think any Monaghan player would be would be feared about a Dean Rock, who has been a phenomenal player coming off the bench. It's not like the bench that Dublin had five years ago. There's a lot of those Dublin players for me still don't have enough credit in the bank. And I'm talking to Colin Basquells, these boys, the Paddy Smalls that have been there and had, but, but very inconsistent. So as I say, that Dublin team, I think for for Monaghan for it not to be a competition. For not to be a contest that people are saying that Dublin team have to play like they did in the second half against Mayo. Anything below that, if we see the Dublin team that played against Roscommon, for instance, a couple of times this year, or played for large parts against Kildare, 
in the Leinster Championship. That Monaghan team will compete with them all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. So Mont- Dublin need to be at their top if it's going to be a, um, a slaughter match that people think. Mm. One of the talking points from a Dublin perspective, Frank, you alluded to it, is Kieran Kilkenny. You know, it's funny seeing him on the bench for a big match, as you mentioned. Considering that even when D- Dublin have been patchy the last couple of years, he's been their all-star, you know, both years. You know, even in tough times, he's been, you know, pretty consistent. What, what do you think has happened to him this year that his form, A, hasn't been great, and B, that Desi Farrell took the fairly drastic step of, of benching him for was a do-or-die game. The season was on the line. It was a drastic step, but in a way it's been coming. I mean, I was just to remind myself there this morning, um, the League Division Two final against Derry uh, back in April, okay, you can say Dublin were promoted, you know, mission accomplished. But Kieran Kilkenny was a late withdrawal from the starting team that day, and he only got on early on because of an injury to uh, Dean Rock. So, you know, that was the league final in Crow Park. Kieran Kilkenny wasn't starting. Now, there was an injury issue, I think, for, I think it was the Kildare match in Nolan Park where he didn't start. He started the next day against Sligo. His form has been patchy. He has probably become, or for a lot of this season, he's been probably playing a little bit too laterally, a bit too safe. He hasn't been punching holes like the Kieran Kilkenny of old. Um, now, when he came on the last day, I alluded to already against Mayo, he was full of energy. Um, you can argue he's coming into a scenario where the game is effectively won, but he looked like a player who was delivering a message to his manager that I'm ready, I want to contribute here and I want to contribute from the start the next day. Um, so like whatever Dublin uh, squad is announced uh, or revealed on Friday morning, don't read anything into that. Kieran Kilkenny is going to be in the 26th and we won't know until whatever time on Saturday whether he's going to be starting or not. Um, it's a hard judgment call to make. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he does start the next day actually yeah Dick it's a funny one like for all the success Kieran Kenny's had like six All-Stars seven All-Irelands I think he could be kind of polarising for I think general GA fans this was that deep lying kind of point guard role and like he was kind of the fulcrum of, of Dublin's possession based style that not everyone enjoyed watching that even though he's had a lot of success not everyone kind of really I was out at the game last two weeks ago at a Cork farm and he was saying oh, delighted he's not starting like don't have to watch him hand pass the ball left and right all day like you know that that kind of stuff yeah I, I think Kieran Kenny can play any way he's asked to like at the same time and, and I remember when I was working with Sky um, I covered a few of the Dublin games and you get all the, the stats on, on the various players coming through and I remember looking at one game I don't know who it was the touches like that used to be a, a sort of a measure of, of the player's impact on a game and I remember when I was playing even in midfield if you were getting High twenties, thirties—that means you're you're having really into it. This boy was knocking out 50, 60 touches. It was phenomenal. Now, again, a lot of it was very lateral and, and how how impactful what it was. But he was just sort of dominating the game, but in a way that wasn't particularly pleasing in the eye. But it was the way that sort of Dublin had sort of moved in terms of, you know, and I think they sort of changed when they got caught. Um, I think as after. Donegal that they, they weren't going to leave themselves too open and they were going to sort of control the pace of games and he was pivotal to that and it worked for a number of years and you did, this is all his achievements and that's what they won on the back of it so we can't be too critical um, at the same time you know go back to the 
defeat Kerry last year. Like he was one of the few players that you know we need to break the line. We need to get what he was doing it. So he can do that and he can play like that. And I'd say that's probably going to be asked of him when he comes off the bench or if he doesn't start because I think. Desi and them realise that they want to get back to a wee bit more of that type of play, a wee bit more, not flamboyance, but that sort of sort of blitz type of tack that is so difficult for teams to uh, stick with. Um, and it sort of uh, probably reflected back in the last two years where they've fallen back and in games that they've been a wee bit too conservative, they've left stuff out in the pitch. Whereas now, listen, we have the armory, we've got players back, a bit of energy, the likes of Paul Mannion, these guys, there's no point in having them if you're not feeding the ball in, like it's been kept out too, and it's allowing teams to get back behind the ball. So I think if you do see Kikiri, Kikiri, I expect him to be a wee bit more direct because we know we can do that and with good effect. If he gets the energy in the legs, and that's the problem, huge miles in the legs, even for a young fella, he just listed off his achievements. And sometimes the energy levels just dip. You know, you don't always know what's going on with players in terms of injuries or freshness or other commitments outside. And sometimes the energy levels just dip for a while. And maybe that's where he's at at the minute. But would be very hard to be too particular of him for what he's put in over the last decade. Jake, one thing I'd like to ask you about is the, the semi-final lineup itself. You know, you have Dublin have played seven matches, six wins and a draw. Kerry have played six, five wins and one loss. Derry have played seven, five wins and two draws. Monaghan have played six, two wins, two draws and two defeats. So they've reached the semi-final stage winning just a third of their games and this is a new format. There's obviously different, you know, a league-based structure so you don't have to win all your matches but to get to a semi-final stage, winning just two of your matches, is that a, a benefit to the new structure in the sense that other teams are getting an opportunity to stay longer in the tournament and maybe going on runs? Or is it a flaw that a team can get this far with only winning two matches? I, I think in the round, you'll see in this new structure that the, 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 the semi-final teams will be the top four, if not four of the top six counties performing the year because... There are so few easy routes to get through. Uh, Armand is an exception to that. Yeah, yeah, possibly. And I think it goes back to a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago where both Mayo and Galway, who are probably the only two teams that I would put ahead of Monaghan in that sort of conversation, took their eye off the ball in the last round of the groups and found themselves in the predicament that they did. Okay, um, So I would say on balance, Mayo and Galway were better performing teams over the course of the year, but they affect up. If that's championship football, they messed up. So Monaghan have stepped into the breach. Monaghan are the next best. Monaghan, better team than Armagh, better team than Kildare, better team than all the rest, better team than Throne and all, on, on every other measure. So Monaghan are there on merit. You know, if, if Galway and, and, and Mayo had done their homework and prepared right, they possibly could be there in place. Monaghan, they're not. That's championship football. So I always said to somebody during the week, when you get to championship football, you don't have to be the best team to win. You just have to be the best team on the day when it matters. And Monaghan have been the best team in the games they've played when it mattered. And that's it goes into the sun, uh, Sunday's game or Saturday's game is no different. Monaghan don't have They've only been the best team in two of the six matches because they drew two as well. It, they won the ones that mattered in terms of the All Ireland series. Okay, it didn't matter when it didn't matter the Donegal game. If they had to win that Donegal game, they'd have won that. I'm fairly sure of that. They didn't have to win it. They were, they were beaten by a better Derry team in All Star. No question about that. And they wanted to win that, and they were just beaten by. But there you're there. So the, one of the games they lost is a another semi-final team. It's not against uh, some also ran county. So they were beaten by Derry, who will have a conversation in a minute. Have every right to think they can beat Kerry. So it wasn't a, a defeat against a county. So I think there's a, a caveat to the two Monaghan defeats that says, well, they weren't just losses. There were losses. One they didn't need to win. The other one, they were beaten by just a very good team on the day. So nothing lost in that. So as I say, 
you know, they're going into the game with like really two very good victories in championship football when the game was in the mental pot and weaker teams would have lost. Monaghan didn't. And that's a huge thing in the bank for any team. Dublin, Kerry, Derry, Tyrone, you have that in your bank. Monaghan get to the last 10 minutes and the game's in the melting pot. They'll, they'll not fear anybody because they have done that so often this year. Hmm. You know, Frank, we might move on to that Derry-Kerry game then and you kind of like Dublin. Kerry seemed to hit their strides finally in that quarterfinal victory over Tyrone. Derry Cork has already been talked about a lot. Eamon Sweeney, I think, said it could be in the running for the most boring championship game ever played uh, in his piece last Sunday. How are you looking at this one from the outside looking in? Is it a lot tighter than the Dublin Monaghan one, at least the perception-wise for you? Well, perception-wise, it's it, it's viewed as tighter, uh, partly because uh, Derry can be such a difficult team to break down. Uh, and also the fact that I suppose Kerry haven't played them Really, you know what I mean? This is going to be, you know, a slightly new puzzle for Jack O'Connor to work out. So there is, uh, there is a level of uncertainty there about it. Uh, Kerry, no more than Dublin, uh, have shown an upswing in form in the last, in the last, well, obviously the quarterfinal against Tyrone, but there were, you know, there were signs of it even in their turkey shoot against Louth as well. That certain players who had not been going well this championship, have found their groove. And I mean, I, I would put Sean O'Shea probably ahead of that queue because he didn't impress me at all in that defeat against Mayo. He looked like a player who just wasn't near the level he has been the last few years. But I think he scored one three from play, one eight in total against Loud. But I thought he looked really, really good against Thoreau on the last day. Uh, not just in, you know, the the goal he got, the way he was there to finish it off, the 1-1. One, one. But I just thought his movement, uh, physically, he looked on top of his game. And there were lots of other constituent parts in that Kerry performance that suggested that they are, are, are look like a team who are trying to peak when it really matters. And for teams like Dublin and Kerry, who were always probably going to get to a quarterfinal stage, it's from then on that they need to be hitting that level. Um, so, I mean, my suspicion is that Kerry will win this game, but it will be very interesting if, if Derry's system and some of their better players can bottle up, say, the likes of David Clifford. David Clifford had one of his poorer games against Tyrone in a game that, uh, Kerry won convincingly. I mean, I think he'd something like six or seven shots from play that he missed or was blocked down or dropped short before he finally got a score. Now, in that same game, he produced kind of the assist of the assist of the decade nearly as well. And David Clifford very rarely produces two, you know, below par performances back to back. So I'm expecting him to be, be better this weekend, but he may have Chrissy McCaig for company. So, uh, you know, there's there's things that we haven't seen before. And it'd be very interesting to see how Kerry deal with the Derry conundrum. Mm. You know, Chrissy McKay had some famous battles with Dermot Connolly over the years and, and came out on the right side of a, of a few of them. Dick, from a Derry perspective, like they scored 1-6 in the All-Ireland semi-final last year, even against Cork, 1-12. Like that's not going to be good enough, realistically, you would think, to, to beat Kerry. Like, what, what way do you think Derry will approach it? Will it be the exact same as what they've done up to now? Will there be any kind of maybe slightly more adventurous nature to the game just to get that scoreline up towards maybe 1-15, 1-16 even? 
Yeah, like, I suppose I, I was concerned for very for a couple of reasons earlier in the year. They were getting a few injuries to key players and, and the way that they play and, and, and operate of a very tight panel would that sort of come against them as the year progressed that hasn't happened they've got they've managed their panel well and, and by and large they've been putting out their, their, their full strength team and there's no sign of or certainly no sense from the last two performances that like I'm talking about you mentioned by CK kind of glass these lads Kieran McFall have come back in so in terms of the panel and, and, and they do operate of a tight panel they're, as, they're probably as good a help as, as they can be so and also I thought maybe the whole issue with Rory Gallagher that might have had a negative impact Kieran Mee by all accounts has done a very good job to keep that ship together so they're going into this game in very good shape they're very under the radar and everyone's talking about a Kerry Dublin final whatever but Dublin and Monaghan and, and yes even taking into account everything you've said Dublin are still strong favourites for that game and, and still for good reason Kerry should not be strong favourites I haven't even looked at the bookies and I'm sure they are favourites because I, I could easily see an upset here because of how Derry arrived into it if Derry were going in with a few injuries to key players and, and all the rest I'd be sort of have a question mark Derry are coming into this in perfect situation completely under the radar um, had a nice handy uh, game against Cork and that they just won it at their ease if they had to win that, win that game better they would have um, and they've sort of bounced back from all the controversy in the year so they'll be looking at this this is the opportunity for this team to get to an all-earth final and they'll be looking at that like they're an aggressive way of up there big win with the Miners uh, last weekend and they'll be coming down the road with a huge amount of confidence and you know as Frank touched on there yes Kerry reign all Ireland champions they looked impressive against Throne Throne were very poor that's called a spade a spade Throne will didn't put up half and the resistance that, that Derry will and if they can sort of limit uh, David Clifford in the same way as Throne were able to bad and all that they were don't be surprised to, to see an upset because like, if you think about it, where Kerry won that game against Throne was in the midfield which we didn't expect that they would um, I do not see uh, Conor Glass and Brenton Rogers giving up the midfield area as, as, as easy as, as the, the, the Throne lads did so be very interesting I'd say this will be a very very tough game if Jack O'Connor can get out of that with a an ugly one point win doesn't matter what, what it is he'll, be, he'll take it now because that's all they need but they'll have to work hard to get that The other thing Will actually is that Jack O'Connor has never gone back to back and Kerry generally have, have struggled with this ever since the, the Mick O'Dwyer days um, the only time Kerry have gone back to back in those in the 40 nearly 40 years since the, the mid 80s is 06 and 07 and the two different managers there like Jack has Fallen at, um, he fell at the final hurdle in 05 against Tyrone. He was ambushed by Down, I think, in 2010. Um, now, I, I can imagine Jack won't say it publicly, but that's probably a huge motivation, motivational factor for him as well. Um, and, and like, I, I just actually, my mind is called back to, I think it was 2014. I remember Donegal barely struggled past Armagh in a quarter final and everyone had them written off um, going in against Dublin in the semi-final. Now, Donegal were former champions. You know, they had been there before. But but in hindsight, it was the actual perfect preparation to go in and face a Dublin team whose eye was off the ball, really, that day. 
So if Kerry's eye is off the ball this weekend, if they think they've done the hard job by beating a Tyrone team that haven't been at the level for two years, they could be in big trouble. Mm. Well, as I said at the and start, as well, Frank, these Kerry players haven't that experience of back to back, that level of pressure. Like, like the, as I said, so few teams do it because it's so difficult. So they, nobody can predict how they're going to react when that pressure comes on. Um, we know that the quality went in All Ireland, but it's now dealing with the pressure of being All Ireland champions and the expectation that goes with that. Also, as well, is you know, you can imagine what the conversation is down in Kerry. All right, they're all looking forward now to a Dublin Kerry final. And this sort of stuff seeps in, even though Jack O'Connor will be doing their damnedest to try and keep it out of the dressing room. That that's the conversations going around the streets. They'll not be looking at their yes, they will, but in a in a typical Kerry way, Yara Yara Grant, sure, your Patty's on the back, it's it's a Kerry Dublin final. These are the sort of things that when you see upsets like that, you go back and say, Oh, we were complacent, we were thing. That's going to be a massive challenge for Jack O'Connor and all those players to keep. Two things, that 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 level expectation as All-Ireland champions irrespective of who they're playing, but also not looking ahead to the next game. And that's, that that can drop a team by 10, 15, 20% very easily. And against a team like Derry, if they come down the road on their game, that's when they could get caught. So, as I say, it, it's a massive challenge for Jack O'Connor. Well, it's set up to be an intriguing semi-final weekend, to say the least. I'd like to thank Dick and Frank for joining me for our football semi-final preview. We'll be back next Monday with a show looking back on the two semi-finals. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.